this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. Welcome to Strangers No More, where all people are loved with the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the household of faith, there are to be no strangers, no foreigners, no rich and poor, no outside others. As fellow citizens with the saints, we are invited to change the world for the better from the inside out, one person, one family, one neighborhood at a time. Thank you, Andrew. Welcome to Strangers No More. Hi, I'm Maggie Slight. And today's lesson is seek earnestly the best gifts. But first, let's go around our little Zoom table and talk about what we've learned this week. Bradley, how about you start? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Did I just step on you? <laughs> no, I, I just wasn't expecting to go first this time. Because I never the, pick you first. So I, I know that's it. why I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> um, I just have been thinking about um, one of one other thing that I didn't talk about last time was I got my temple recommend renewed. Yay! Which was great, but it was a very interesting experience that I had with the church leaders. So I don't know if you want me to talk more well, about that. Tell. <clears throat> Tell us if we hate it, we'll take, no, just kidding. Yeah, just tell us. <laughs> no, do do this, do this. Yeah, I just, because it, it was very interesting. Um, I I, have, and I'm sure that our, some of our listeners would be very interested into some, some of the processes that you went through in, okay. in that. Yeah, so I had to go through the bishop and the stake president as all full-time um, or yeah, full-time recommend holders need to. And so, uh, but this time around, I wanted to come prepared with specific questions because I wanted to get some clarification on certain things um, rather than just being the one being questioned the whole time. I wanted to do some asking as well. So I had a really great conversation with the bishop to start um, where I asked him questions like, are there any indicators on my record that mark me as gay? Do you have any like um, annotations? Um, what constitutes a violation of the law of chastity for me? Um, is going on a date a violation? Is kissing a violation? Like I was pretty explicit with asking like, where is the line? Because all the different church leaders that I talked to give me a different answer. So am I just oh. left at the mercy of whatever church leader I have? Um, and we had a really good conversation. I really liked what my bishop said. He said he doesn't have any issues with affection. His um, problem is when it goes into the, the territory of inappropriate states of arousal. So if you're intentionally arousing yourself or whoever you're with, that's inappropriate and that's crossing the line. But if you're just showing affection, he doesn't have any issue with that. Um, so it is more personalized, I think. And I think I really like that I, answer. I like that answer myself. I think that's a great answer. Because I think for straight members as well, they can kiss and hold hands. And I think there's times where that might be inappropriate for them because they're 
inappropriately aroused. Um, it just kind of depends on the individual, you know? Um, so yeah, I really like that. It was a great conversation. But then I took these same questions for the stake president that I met with, waited for him to ask all my questions, sign it off, give me my temple recommend, and then I started asking him these questions. And I said, so is there anything on my record? And he said, there's only something on your record if you have, um, what did he say? If you have violated, like if you've done anything immoral, that's what he said. And I said, okay, what counts as immoral? And he's like, well, you know, like violating the law of chastity. And I was like, no, I don't know. Please explain like what violates the law of chastity for me. And he kind of sat there and he's like, actually, I don't know. <laughs> um uh oh i i'm not sure how to answer that's that. a much better question than trying to like guess and throw you know mm -hmm. his own personal bias at you anyway yeah i kind of had to to like push him a little bit because at first he was like oh it's obvious like don't do anything immoral don't do anything and i started like pushing like okay so am i not allowed to have any male friends because i'm going to want to be affectionate with even platonic friends am i not allowed to hug them Am I not allowed to sit close to them? Like, where is the line? And he was like, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. So I think I got him thinking. Um, and then he said, as long as you don't pursue any kind of relationship, then I think that's fine. And I was like, okay, so how about I date, but I don't pursue any relationship. Like I don't intend, like there's all these loopholes that I can go through. I need something more specific than that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Anyway, bottom line, he eventually said, you know, I think these are really great questions. I'm grateful that you're being honest with me. Um, I would love to get your phone number down and uh, get back to you on some of the things that I, that I find. Because he did say at one point, he's like, well, the family proclamation says it's wrong for two men to get married. And I was like, no, it doesn't. It's not in there. You're, you're extrapolating. You're putting things in there that's not in there. It doesn't say that. It also says nothing about dating. Yeah. So he's like, I'll, I'll get these answers for you and I'll reach out to you. But then the kicker is he's like, let me hold on to your recommend while I get these answers for you. Ouch. And I said, no, you're not taking my recommend. I've answered all the questions. Honestly, I passed. <laughs> there's no reason why you need to take my recommend just because I have questions. And he's like, okay, yeah, you're right. I won't take your recommend. Um, and then we kind of like finished up and that was the interview, but very interesting things that I learned about how the process works for LGBTQ plus members. Hopefully the first he'll stay time, open and keep co having conversations with you and being able to. Yeah, I hope so as well. I mean, this was two was weeks ago. Was it the ago. president himself or was it? I'm actually not sure. This is the first time I had met him. Okay. So I don't know if it was a counselor or the state president. Bradley, I give you credit because if if somebody from my if my state president said, Dennis, can I hold on to your recommend? I'd be like, sure, here. <laughs> like, you know. So I, I have to say kudos to you for, for standing strong with that. Because yeah. it's important to if you're following the law of chastity, it's important. I mean, all you're really doing is asking for real directions so that you mm -hmm. don't you don't yeah. You know, yeah, my concern was now that I'm not at BYU and I do pursue to get married, am I going to have to give up my temple recommend? 
at what point am I going to have to give up my tempo recommend if that's the case? And so far, no one has been able to give me an answer on that. It'll be an interesting day. Uh, my assumption, and I'm just going to call an assumption, it's a straight assumption, is that the moment you become engaged to a man, you'll probably have that and make it public. Mm -hmm. That'll probably win because because the church stance is still, you know, within the church, the, you men are not supposed to marry men. Mm -hmm. Now, um, it, will that change? Will that be clarified? You know, that's not my call. I'm just saying no. the current stance of the church is, you know, uh, when men men marry men, there's a there's a line, right? Mm -hmm. Men having sex with men is another line, right? That's why I like the arousal. Yeah, um, I think because... that's interesting too because if I if that is the case, then I just don't get engaged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it'll be an interesting. Thing. Well, this I is just a know. long conversation that we could actually do a whole episode. That's, that's why <laughs> I laughed gonna... at the beginning because I wasn't sure if we wanted to have this conversation, but so maybe but we can. I, I, this, I do but... appreciate you starting the conversation. Bradley, because I I, I want to keep I want to keep the conversation going because this is this is an integral part of your reality every single day of your life, mm -hmm. and this is you're not alone. I, there is a percentage of our entire membership of our church that is in similar situations, and that's one of the reasons that we're out here having these conversations. So, and if you, you are going to have to give up your temple recommend, or if you are going to have to be put in a certain state, I think it is good of you to ask questions and get real clarification. So when you make those choices, you're not making them blindly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That I know making, what I'm getting into. Yeah, what I'm you make those Yeah, I'm going to give up Absolutely. this for that. That's whatever that, you know, or whatever it is. So. It's been um, two weeks and he hasn't reached out to me and I don't know his phone number. So yeah, I'm sure you can find, find it in LDS tools and give him a call back. Say, hey, I really yeah, like I might, I might have to, I moved my records already and I don't remember what it's You could send him an might, email. Uh, I might have to do some digging, but yeah, it might be I, worth I, it to just, I do email with my stake president. Andrew, how about yourself? What'd you learn this week? What did I learn? I, I learned relearn. that actually I relearned this too, that, uh, so I was in a situation and I'm still kind of there, um, where my, uh, my choices seemed to me anyway, to be likely <coughs> narrowing. And I thought maybe in my life, I was losing a little bit of control about what would happen to my life. Um, and so I got a blessing. And the blessing was basically stated that I'm going to have choices. And so, so what I learned was, is that sometimes you, what you want is actually just as stressful as what you were going through because having my choices restricted, what is, um, is, is, is tough to go through. And then when I get the blessing and all of a sudden I have a lot of choices now that have opened up because, you know, since the blessing or look like they're they're coming that's equally as stressful for a whole new reason because all these choices are might might be life altering choices like like work related kind of things so 
that's what I learned. I learned sometimes it's stressful regardless of <laughs> what it is. <laughs> so. Thank you so much for sharing, Andrew. And I actually believe that you're very, 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 very true. <laughs> very, very right. <laughs> I've had a lot of that, that type of stress myself. Um, Dennis, how about yeah, you? What so have you learned? I, I want to give you guys a shout out. I've learned to rely on friends and Andrew, Bradley, and Maggie. Um, well, actually, more it was Maggie and Andrew were lifesaver because I had to submit. Um, some stuff to my publisher for my book coming out in October called Scripture Up. And I was dealing with the adversary, uh, Scripture Up, raise your hands up, scream it from, scream the gospel from the rooftop. Uh, and I froze because I was dealing with the adversary and it's like, I could write this for somebody else, but I couldn't write my own. Like, what's the theme? What's the tone? And it's just, and, and Andrew and Maggie, guided me through this. So I just want to say I've learned to rely more on friends. Oh, thank you. Well, we thank you. I love you guys. I love you. I love, love you too. And actually, as, as an author who's working on finishing her first book, um, I really appreciated having the opportunity to help somebody else out with the different components of your project because then it helps give me an it's idea of you. what components that I'm going to have to do for mine. <laughs> yep. So I can't, I would love to say that it was completely altru altruistic, but it wasn't. No, no, no. It, it's, well, it's all guess, learning yeah. for me too. I, I, I guess I'm always afraid to ask, but then again, yeah, it's preparing you. And something Absolutely. funny happened that people don't know is, is, uh, you know, last week we were talking about the second coming and Maggie says she gets obsessed watching the second. I said, there's this book you got to read. I'm reading. And she's like, no, I got to focus on the book. I said, no, stay away. Stay off Cedar Fort. Do not buy books. Focus on your book and your hands healing so you can finish the car that ran on prayers. Yes, I have to focus on that. But one of the things, and I'm going to say that in during in my segment of what I learned <laughs> over these last last week um is 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 not helping my focus at all one bit not at all <laughs> i learned that i have a lot in common with a few other creators um some are podcast creators some are on tiktok <laughs> i really 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 enjoy this other social media that i swore that i would never join I love TikTok. It's, oh, you're it, on it, it is a haven. It's oh yes, he is. It's a haven for um, neurodivergence. It's absolutely a haven for okay. neurodivergence Ma because Maggie, it's so we, quick. We have to share the story of of how you said I'm going to bed, and I said I'm going to bed too. And the next morning, I called you. It was like nine a.m. your time, and you said I didn't go to bed last night. I have an issue. I need your help. I signed up for TikTok, and I go, me too. <gasps> But you told me you had signed up a week before. Yes. <laughs> Two social media platforms I don't get are Instagram and TikTok. And well, I just the, don't. <laughs> the reason why I, I shared it today is because I, I, I started sharing a lot of the trends and stuff. And, and I'm, a, like, again, a huge disabilities advocate. And 
last month was um, Autism Acceptance and Awareness Month, and this month is Ehlers-Danlos Awareness Month, and I have Ehlers-Danlos, so this is a fantastic platform for me to get little bits of education out. So you're viral but on also, TikTok. But it's also been, so what, what I, I did a screenshot for to Dennis because I wanted to look at who my followers were, or my numbers were, um, before I put my first testimony out. Because, you know, the world will have you say that, you know, you have to fit in, you have to fit in. Well, it says right on my profile of all of my social medias that I am a Latter-day Saint. And that's a part of my testimony. But I just want to encourage people to share their testimonies, however it feels good to them. I did a little morph video show of, of pictures that I'd taken at church and I said that I shared my testimony at church for the first time in over a year. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about that another day. Anyway, let's go on to the lesson and get out of this social media circle that I have. <laughs> Today's lesson pretty much was set up by Bradley. Um, there today's lesson one of the one of the key points of today's lesson is that we should all welcome we should welcome all to the Ch jesus christ church and so bradley's little experience was made me think of that um there's a there's a hymn that makes me think of this as well uh not to mention the thing we say at the beginning of every one of these episodes in the household of faith there are to be no strangers no foreigners no rich and poor no outside others that quote fits into this lesson and then this from elder gong from elder gong and then this 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 hymn as well tis sweet to sing the matchless love of him who left his home above and came to earth a wondrous plan to suffer bleed and die for man tis good to meet each sabbath day and and in his own or her own appointed way partake the emblems of his death and thus renew our love and faith O oh, blessed hour, communion sweet, when children, friends, and teachers meet, and in remembrance of his grace, unite in sweet, sweetest songs of praise, for Jesus died on Calvary, that all through him might ransom be. Then sing hosannas to his name, let heaven and earth and love proclaim. There is no one that does not deserve to sing um, the matchless uh, to, to to sing the matchless love and that's what we're talking about today we're talking about this this idea that we should be welcoming we should be more welcoming we should seek to do more to make people feel at home at in christ's church absolutely thank you so much andrew i love that dennis what did yes. you learn <clears throat> So first of all, I apologize. I'm blowing my nose. My sinuses here in Connecticut are through the roof because the pollen's really high. Um, Tell the tree to so, wear pants. Yes, the tree <laughs> needs to wear more than pants. We need to wrap it in saran wrap. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I learned in Doctrine and Covenants 46, one through six, um, just like what you know Andrew said, is all earnest seekers are welcome to worship the Lord in the Lord's church. And so it brought me to Moroni, chapter 6, verse um, 5 through 9. And I'm just going to, I just love what it says in 5. 
all the church did meet, gather and, and fast and pray, and to speak one with another concerning the welfare of their souls. Mm. I like that. <laughs> so those that are watching, um, I hope oh, you can't see it because of my background, but I highlighted and marked it and it doesn't show because it doesn't. <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> I'll do a screenshot. <laughs> You'll have to put it on your right. Instagram. <laughs> yep, I will. So you're you're Probably a mogul. Helps. You're a mogul on on TikTok, and I'm a mogul on Insta. <laughs> I am no mogul anywhere. <laughs> I'm you just are. having fun. <laughs> Bradley, about you, what'd you learn in these? Yeah, so. <clears throat> I think it's been a while since I've done one of these, but I do have a little bit of pushback from what I was learning about. Um, right at the very beginning in section 46, it talks about the sacrament and says, ye are commanded not to cast anyone who belongeth to the church out of your sacrament meetings. Um, nevertheless, if any have trespassed, let him not partake until he makes reconciliation. Um, I have some... I guess questions and concerns about what that means because to me it, I've never understood why when we sin when we make mistakes why it's so common for the bishop to ask us to not take the sacrament because to me that's when you need the sacrament the most can I answer that uh, Bradley so yeah. I have I have heard that that's happened to several people in, in my stake. And I have found that by not taking sacrament for two weeks, it hasn't happened to myself, but it's happened to people that I've, that I've been ministering to. And they said that they learned to respect the importance of the sacrament even more by going one take, or two let, weeks without it. Let me it. take it as, as well. I think I, so this is not a commandment. First of all, there should be no one walking around a sacrament meeting saying, you get it, you don't get it, you get it, you don't get it. This is something that should happen between you and the bishop as part of the repentance process. As part of the repentance process, he may ask you to not partake of it. It happened to me um, when I was, uh, before I mar married Christy, I had some, uh, I did some sinning and I had some <laughs> repentant to do um and uh i went in and uh and 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 the, it, it kind of is basically through the process of repentance while your repentance until that repentance is is kind of you're through that process that's what he asks you they ask you to do because that the the reason for the sacrament is a renewal of all of our covenants the covenants you made at baptism the covenants, and if you're in the process of dealing with being able to live those covenants, you shouldn't be renewing those. And I think that's the principle. But it should never be done. When I was younger, it was common for people in the church who had a weird week or maybe had bad thoughts or everything else. And I think sometimes there's people who still do this to as the as the sacrament come ask that and to go to go past them, but that's just because their own personal feelings, right? I even remember uh, um, someone I was passing the sacrament with when I was a kid, he didn't take the sacrament. And I thought that's that's strange. Well, it's been made clear to me by many different leaders. 
that's not appropriate either. This is not something that you should, you, you know, I mean, if you don't feel like you should take the sacrament, um, you, there's probably something you need to talk to the bishop with, about, <laughs> you know, and if it, un, unless you have a misunderstanding of what that is. So I would say this is something you do as part of the repentance process under the direction of the bishop, not just to go, I had a bad week. I'm not going to take the sacrament. You know what I mean? Or sh anyone else should should never. Um, they're not the judge in Israel. Yeah, anyone else does not have the distinction of telling you doesn't have you the should authority. Or should. Doesn't have the authority. Doesn't have the uh, yeah. It's not their call to make. Yep. So does that help? Push back. Push back. I see on your because, face. Yeah, <laughs> because here's my thing: is looking at the sacramental prayers. It says they are willing to take upon them the name of thy son and always remember him and keep his commandments. Nothing in the sacramental prayers themselves say anything about worthiness or sin or anything. The criteria is if you are willing. And so if you're repenting, that to me, that seems like you're willing. For me, it seems like we have it backwards. If you're not willing to repent, then you should be taking the sacrament. But if you're going through the repentance process, that is being willing so that's where i'm confused i can understand if you go into the bishop you confess your sins and you're like yeah i don't want to repent okay don't take the sacrament because you're not willing to take upon yourself the name of christ but if you're wanting to repent what's more willing to be like christ than to repent and use the atonement i can that's only go I'm back confused. to my own my own personal understanding of it and and i, I can only go from what i, I experienced as i did it um uh the first time I didn't take the sacrament, probably the first time in my life I'd ever sat in a sacrament meeting and not partaken of the sacrament, unless I missed or came in late or something weird, you know. Um, and it was, it was weird for me. Um, but immediately, the spirit overwhelmed overwhelmed me, and I was the act of not partaking it saving this covenant for the time when I'm through a process and to a point when the bishop and I have a kind of, I've kind of moved through some stuff. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm hundred percent perfect or any of those things. It just means that I've moved to a stage in the, the repentance process that it, it, it was night. It was, a, it was an amazing experience not to take the, the sacrament. I know that sounds weird. It was a cleansing experience not to take the sacrament. Um, and I, and I I don't know of any doctrine. I, I can't pull the doctrine out other than this is what the handbook has. What I can tell you is the atonement of Jesus Christ was all around me when I was when I was not taking the sacrament. And as I repented and I went through that process, it was it was amazing. And then the moment I was able to take the sacrament again, you want to talk about uh uh uh. uh a, a faith promoting day mm -hmm. it was for sure there so you know i i don't think there's a cut and dry a simple simple answer here there's they're like mm -hmm. pull this scripture over here pull this together, we're gonna put it together but i will tell you that you know we know that that's the policy of the church and at least the spirit backs it up by at least in my life yeah so. for sure i think my main concern stems from what i was talking about earlier with the temple recommend is I just fear that because of the bias that we all are subject to and church leaders are subject to, 
I fear that queer members of the church, especially youth, will be denied blessings of the sacrament when they really shouldn't be. Um, because I mean, I was almost denied temple blessings just for having questions. So I just feel like maybe there should be more direction on that. I'm also reminded of the Last Supper, Judas partook of the sacrament um, right before the atonement. And so, I mean, I guess Judas maybe hadn't done anything yet, but I he had intentions to, and he still partook of the sacrament. So, yeah, and I, I think this is I don't know is, is more of a because like people take the sacrament all the time and they're not repentant. Mm -hmm. I mean, it ha it it has to. I mean, you know, for the weeks prior to talking to my bishop. I was taking the sacrament every week, you know, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I think this is more something that happens as part of that relationship to, with the bishop. And, and, well, and I think that all of this can be wrapped up into for not all, for all have not every gift given unto them. Some are given some and some are given another, which is this lesson is about in Doctrine and Covenants 46. We're talking you guys are talking about expressions of faith. And, and in, in this particular section, we're, talk, we're, we're, we're learning about faith and the gifts of faith. And Andrew, when you talk about how powerful it was not to take sacrament, I feel the incredible gift of your faith being expressed there. Just... In, in an amazing way, I, I can feel that from you, as you as you talk about it. But I, I I understand Bradley's concern, and I don't I don't think it's unfounded. Um, so I don't think that any of those concern these concerns are unfounded, and I really appreciate Bradley. I really appreciate you bringing up both these concerns and what you share with your bishop and your stake president, because I think that these aren't singular concerns. I think these are very um, widespread concerns, especially right now when we have a lot of young people who are looking to see is this where they feel like they can belong now. And as somebody in the grandma generation, I want to say, yes, 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 please, please still come here, come here. But we also need to be very mindful of both our leaders' directions and what they're saying and the effects that those, those statements have on all of our congregation. So, yeah. I think the, the point of this lesson is, is there, there's a story, go, and I don't, know, I don't know if it's real or not, but there's a story about a bishop who uh, came to church one week, and this could be a complete fabricated story because it's one of these urban legends, but I like the story, so I'm going to tell the story because <laughs> it, it, it tells the point. But this, a bishop showed up uh, at church one, one Sunday in homeless clothes, basically dressing as a homeless man. And, and he, had, he had not shaven. He'd made it so it's really hard to recognize him. And he, he walked in the, in, in the church, and he kept his... Uh, his face down and the people at the church many of them didn't speak to him at all and some asked him what is your business here others asked you know kind of put up 
up walls about what, what he was going to do. And then he walked up to the, the, the pulpit and gave a scathing review to the, the, his congregation. Um, and again, this, this could be a bishop. This one of those urban legends that could be completely false. Could be a bishop. Could have been in another church completely. Uh, it could be not real at all. But the, the idea being who walks it, it could have been the Savior who walked in. And based on the descriptions of the Savior in the New Testament, he was homeless. He did not dress in a way that would have probably made it easy for him to walk into the Pharisee's house. You know what I mean? He dressed, oh, yeah. I'm sure he dressed what, not as well as someone in his status could be, you know. But um, how do we treat people? of any background and i love this it's a, like if you just keep reading in the first few few it says you're commanded never to never to cast out anyone from your public meetings never to cast out anyone from your sacrament meetings never to cast out anyone out of your sacrament meetings who earnestly seek the kingdom never you know confirm it just keeps saying never to cast out never to cast out of these meetings these are you know these are not meetings that you should ever shun shunning is not something we should do but first you have to be able to get in the door <laughs> just oh, want to point out that no i i no. seriously want to point out it is not a part of the ada to have push button entries in every single one of our meeting house and stake buildings have doors that are too heavy for a wheelchair operator to operate themselves. So 99% of disabled people have to wait for somebody to open a door for them at our churches. And as somebody in a power chair, it makes that sign on the side of the building not mean as much because I don't feel as welcome. That surprises me because it, um... And here's why I say that is most modern buildings that I've seen something built in the last 15, 20 years, I've not seen one without that. But Except prior to that meeting houses, no meeting houses, my meeting house has it. Uh, the ones back in um, Ogden did my one back in Ogden, but it was built in the sixties. You know what I mean? So new meeting house. My stake center it. is one of is That's no, weird. no, That's they weird. don't. <laughs> my stake center is my meeting house in Olympia, Washington. And there is there no, is no it, it is it one built, of the you know? newest buildings. Oh, weird. It's one of the newest buildings in the area. So well, that that doesn't meet ADA compliance. Maybe you need maybe you need to write no, a letter. Wait, Maggie. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. ADA compliance does not include power doors. And yeah, that's true. ADA and ADA compliant and ADA does not cover churches at all or religious institutions whatsoever. Yeah, I understand. I, I, I've <laughs> all the modern ones I've seen have it. You hit the button so, and they open. Yeah, you got to get in ones. the door first. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I, I on agree. that same on that same note, I'm going to bring us back to Doctrine and Covenants. 4619 because it caused me a faith crisis when I first came to the church eight years ago. To some, it is given to have faith to be healed. What do you mean I don't have enough faith? It's mean? a gift. That's, 
it i think i think there that's that's not <laughs> a, a lot either. of prayer yeah yeah a lot of prayer a lot of prayer happened and then but i'm gonna give you a little bit of insight into some of my processing because six months after my baptism when i was reading that um and all of a sudden what i have uh highlighted has disappeared oh, there it is. anyways Six months after my baptism, there was a general conference, and I've alluded to this in, in a previous episode. October 2013, Elder Holland. Dozens of times in the scriptures, the Lord's commands someone to stand still or be still and wait. Patiently enduring some things is part of our mortal education. I want to add that before I say the next part of that scripture, which is, and it is, and to others, it is given to have the faith to heal. We're going to go into disabilities versus sicknesses in another episode. But as a person who lives with mental differences as well as disabilities and illnesses all incongruently combined, I will say that I wasn't given the gift of these challenges, if not to help others heal. And that is what I've learned over these last eight years of intensive, intensive study and prayer about having the faith to heal or not to heal. Sounds like you're also given by the spirit, the word of wisdom on that subject. Quoting verse 18, <laughs> quoting verse I 18. May have been. <laughs> I have a comment to make on that, but it goes into my love and light. So I don't know if I should share it now or later. Well, are, are we done with the lesson? Yeah, I think I think we probably should get into the love and light. Okay, then let's wrap this one up because it's a long one. <laughs> Bradley, why don't you start off our love and light? Okay, so my love and light, and actually I didn't think it was going to apply to this, but you, you brought it in really great. Um, what I have been learning um, from classes that I've taken and from my work is there's a difference between pain and suffering. Um, suffering is pain with resistance. And we don't have any control over our pain and we can't minimize it, we can't avoid it. It's inevitable, we're all going to experience pain. But we do have control over our suffering. Um, and how you do that is you stop resisting the pain. You accept it, you work through it, you manage it, you don't try to run away from it. Um, and so I think going along with what you're talking about, this gift of healing, I don't think you're necessarily going to be healed from the pain. You can be healed from the suffering. And I've been thinking about this a lot because it says in scripture that Christ suffered for our sins. So I think he took that suffering upon him. We just have to stop resisting it, stop doing it on our own and trust, uh, God and the Savior, he, he took upon himself that suffering. We're still going to feel pain. That's not going to go away. We can't control that. 
but that's okay. So I love that. Thank you so much, Bradley. Dennis, how about you? That was some great insight, Bradley. Um, it reminds me of of like when Maggie, when you said the 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 gift of of empathy and stuff for and compassion is. I feel that like Bradley and I are gay, and I think we have a lot of empathy and compassion because we understand what it's like to be a minority, just like you understand what it's like to be a minority, and that's something that allows you to be an advocate for those who are who need an advocate. And I'm gonna leave that with my love and light. Thank you, Dennis. Andrew, how about you? Uh, I'm gonna carry off of what Bradley was talking about. I've got my own experiences kinda, I was going through my own things recently and uh, I was reading uh, you know, another podcast. I, I was listening to another podcast I work on in the cultural hall and it's an older one because I've been doing these these back archived episodes and stuff. And uh, it was one um, with a lady who's, she's a, a skeleton. You know, I think she's Olympics, Olympic skeleton. Um, she runs on the skeleton. And her, her thing is surprisingly similar to Bradley and it helped me out a ton in the same thing. She said, um, she's using it towards the pain and suffering and and healing as well she said it you know because a skeleton if you if you know what a skeleton is they're sliding down just like a bobsled only they don't have a sled and they it's just be that you know a small piece of of uh you know i mean they have a sled but they don't have anything in between them they don't have the sides or anything else if they hit the wall they hit the wall so you know and they have the helmet and they don't have much in there and she said when you're learning when you're doing these you'll, you'll, you'll wreck you. It's not like they go down there and they've never wrecked before. Every one of those skeleton riders have wrecked. And she said, what you learn as a skeleton, um, uh, participant is that if you tense up, you're much more likely to break a bone and create more problems than if you allow it to just flow and, and just kind of let, let things happen. And I, I kind of, took that in my own life to what's kind of going on with me this what i thought was was a restriction is turning into um as i've kind of just released and and allowed things to be there's a lot more going on than what i thought and uh um you know so yeah pain and suffering it, you know we can't deal with the pain but the lord can help us deal with our suffering so you don't have to suffer Thank you so much, Andrew. Well, <laughs> here's, here's something that I'd like to share with, with our audience. Dennis and I are both converts who came to the church alone. That is, we didn't come with a family. We didn't come with a spouse. We didn't come with a friend. We felt impressed to join the church alone. And when we did that, we also kind of missed out on a lot of things that people talk about a lot in the church, like studying scriptures together as a family and praying as a family and doing all of that kind of stuff. Now, we've kind of created our own little family here across the nation with Andrew and Bradley and Dennis and myself. And one of the things that Dennis and I have been doing at night when we talk and we, we joke and 
he called me Gail, I think in a previous episode, but we, we joked that he's my Oprah, I'm his Gail, you know, kind of best friends because other people would take our genders into account and try to throw us into relationships that we are not interested in being in with one another. We are best friends. <laughs> and, but being best friends, um, we actually really enjoy, we both really enjoy studying the scriptures. And as part of the background for the last couple, these last couple of episodes, we've had the opportunity to each, every night when we finish our nightly gossip sessions, if you will, <laughs> about everything in the literary world and everything in the latter-day world. <laughs> um, we've been ending it, wait, uh, excuse me, with um, a little bit of scripture study, and that has really, really enhanced my own understanding of the scripture, and it's really enhanced my friendship with my friend Dennis. And so I want to encourage anybody out there who hasn't had the opportunity to have a little companion study to, mm. I don't know, pick a friend who also enjoys the same things that you do and see if they'd be interested in um, having a yeah. little chit chat at night. So. Thank you for joining us. I, we really hope that your week ahead is full of the love and light of Jesus Christ. We love you, and so does God. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.